morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 7.59. Look at that. Early. Ha! Uh, you are listening to and watching Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It is Tuesday, the 28th of June. We have a great guest today, a special edition today, because it is primary day. You know that. If you have not yet voted, you must do your civic duty. But we have Senator Karina Villa with us. Hello there. Hello, Curtis. How are you? All right, all right. Good to see you. Good to see you. Everybody's here. Um, thank you for coming on to the show. Um, thank you for talking to us. We got a uh, great amount of topics to discuss. Um, but why is this day to start off with? Why is this day important in your in your words? Absolutely. So our huge duty as citizens of this beautiful country is to get out and vote. It's our number one duty. It was something that was definitely instilled in me from the time I was a kid. My mom would go vote and she'd be like, let's go. Uh, You gotta, you you gotta do your duty. Gotta, gotta get it done. So um, make your voice heard. You know, it is a primary election. What does that mean? That means that uh, you're going to go, you're going to ask, you're going to state that you're a Democrat or a Republican, you're going to get your ballot, and you're going to decide who the best person is to represent your party in that position. It is so critical to make your voice heard. Um, you know, something I like to take, tell especially younger people is, do you still shop where your mom tells you to shop? Do you go Ooh. and uh, do absolutely, Ooh. you know, do you order the exact same thing that your grandma orders Ooh. from the menu? If the answer is no, why are you going to only allow them to do the voting? That's no, no, right. no. That's right. You got a voice too. Go vote. That's right. Very important. And as we told you on this show, when you come downtown to vote at the Kane County uh, Government Satellite Office that's around here, uh, 5 East Downer Place, Suite E, you are 68 feet from Good Morning Aurora, so you can do a you can you can do a twofer. Go vote, take a selfie in front of the studio, and tag us in it. Look awesome, at that. awesome, awesome. Look at that, <laughs> getting it done, getting it done, Aurora. Democracy in action. Jennifer Ryan Maiden, good morning. Judge Renee Cruz is here. Good morning to you, Judge. Thank you for tuning in. E. Beth Palomo, good morning. Victoria Halamaldonado. Aisha Saxon had a birthday recently. One Happy of our, birthday. One of our great listeners. Uh, Jen Mendoza, good morning to you. And Josue, the owner and proprietor of Harry Beast Dog Parlor. All right. Um, so it's 8.02 a.m. Um, now, before we get started, uh, we, we're going to delve into things methodically. The word of the day is methodically, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my question is, the 25th District, what is it? What's it what are its boundaries? What does it encompass? All right, so the 25th district that I currently represent covers parts of Kane, DuPage, a little hair of Cook, and Kendall counties. Okay. So it is like if you think out by Elgin, along Route 59, coming down through Bartlett, Wayne, West Chicago, St. Charles, Geneva, Batavia, part a little part of Aurora, then it goes out to Oswego, Sugar Grove. Um, if I'm forgetting anyone out there, I'm sorry. It's a pretty <laughs> big map. Parts of the different uh, municipalities. So that's what I currently represent. Okay. The seat that I'm running for right. is very different. So currently, every state Senate district has two state reps within it. Okay. So currently, I'm the senator for the two reps that I have are uh, Democrat, Maura Hershauer is one of the state reps, and the other rep is Republican Keith Wheeler. Right. Um, in the map that I am running for, uh, because every 10 years there's a redistricting that happens. That's and right. It's been news on the show, ladies yep, and gentlemen. So that's awesome. So, so in the new map, Maura Hershauer will be one of my representatives, okay. and 
Aurora's very own representative Barbara Hernandez hey. will be the other representative in the map. Okay. So there you have it. The triple team. Watch out. Watch That's out. That's right. That's right. You heard it <laughs> here Knock the first. politics out. Bam. Um, Judge Renee Cruz, good morning, Senator Villa. All right. Thank good you very morning, much, Judge. Judge. Okay. Um, so we are um, we're now in a, uh, in a post-row world. Uh, what are your thoughts? Can you believe it, Curtis? You know, unfortunately, sadly, quite sadly, uh, I'm not shocked. And mm. that is, that's unfortunate. That's the unfortunate, mm. that's unfortunate, sadly. But I am, uh, I am shocked, yeah. So I was out knocking on doors yesterday, and I spoke to a woman, and she was, you know, an older, an older lady who said to me that she remembered when she lived in a state where abortion was not legal, and she had to cross the border into a different state in order to have her abortion. And she was devastated by this news. She has uh, daughters and granddaughters. And the first thing she did when Roe versus Wade was overturned, they live in different places across the country, she first looked immediately to see, do my daughters and granddaughters live in a safe state? That's the first thing she did to make sure that if her daughters or granddaughters needed to access an abortion, that they would be able to legally do so. And she was very relieved when she saw that, yes, they live in a safe state, like Illinois is, Curtis. Right. In Illinois, we made sure that that reproductive rights were between the person and their doctor. Right, right, absolutely. Um, which, uh, which, wow, I, I really, it's such an intrusion as a you know as a man on mm. on the literal physical outside looking in it's such an intrusion mm. and i did see a lot of my friends and and i feel their comments like if if that can be lost what won't they take away from that's it? right so that's it's it's really that's scary right. uh, now governor pritzker called for a special session what does that mean and uh what work can be done here in, in uh illinois so we've already done a lot okay. But we want to make sure that Illinois remains a safe haven for others that need to come to Illinois in order to access an abortion in a safe way. Okay. So uh, we're looking at different ideas. One of the ideas is actually Representative Hirschauer carried this bill. It, it passed in the House but didn't make it through in the Senate. Uh, was Doctors that are practicing in states where now it's illegal to have an abortion, those doctors can come and practice in Illinois without having, you know, any red tape to be able to do that. Okay. So that's one of the potential bills that we'll be looking at to pass. Okay. You said it didn't pass in the Senate. It did not pass in the Senate. We had a very condensed session last time around. Okay. So uh, usually we're done with session at the end of May, and this time we were done in April. So um, session was very short. So we're heading back and, and see what we can do to make sure that people know that Illinois is one of the safest places in the country for reproductive rights. Okay. A session is a gathering of the lawmakers that I gather. That's okay. right. All right. Okay. See, I didn't know that. See, that's how we do here. We just get the question like, hold on now. So that's what that's a right. session is. Got to learn. That's yep, right. Yep, special that's session. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now, but nothing has changed. We're, we're a safe haven. So our laws 
have not been affected. You guys are going to strengthen them. That's right. And can I tell okay. you a quick story? Yeah, please. Can I yeah. tell you a quick story? Okay, so when I got elected along with other freshman women in 2018. When we ran, we told the people that that we were going to make sure that reproductive health was protected in the state of Illinois. Okay. In 2019, during our first, it's called a freshman session because we were new, newly elected. Right. We were told that the Reproductive Health Act was dead, that there was no way that this bill was going to survive. It was, you know, basically roadkill. Like, right. this bill, we were not going to vote on it, and, and the bill was, was dead. So there was a representative, Barbara Hernandez, and I were actually renting a house, mm -hmm. and we invited people to come over, a bunch of the freshman women to come over. So we're sitting around, and we're getting outraged. Why can't we get this bill on the board so people can vote for it to protect rights in the state of Illinois? Right. So we started doing a roll call. What that means is you have a sheet of paper with the names of every single state representative on it, and you have a yes, a no, and a maybe. So you go through literally one by one whether we have the amount of votes needed to pass the bill. Once we had exactly the amount of votes that we needed, mm -hmm. we went to the speaker and we said, here it is, speaker. Here's the sheet. Here's the roll call. Put the bill on the board because we want to vote for it. As a result of that unification of that work that took days, it took days to work the roll call and people who were maybes to say to them, please, please consider turning your maybe into a yes. Um, and we got just exactly the amount of votes required at the time, and we passed the bill. And as a result of that bill that we voted on in 2019, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, the state of Illinois remains a safe state for women to access abortions. Got it. Interesting. And wow. that was as a result of people like Representative Barbara Hernandez yeah. and myself being there to not only not only to vote, but to advocate to get the bill called on the board. What's it like turning a person who's a maybe Ooh, into a yes? Curtis, What's that? I mean, you 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 are good with the. I like the I like the nuts and bolts of the machine. Yes. I have to I have to tell you, I like the gear shifting. I like that's what I like. What it's, is the What's that like? It's tough. Okay. You have to go and you have to compel people. You're dealing right? with a person on, on the personal level. On right. the personal level, you have to bring personal stories sometimes. Sometimes you got to tell a personal story to one of your colleagues. Sometimes you have to talk to them about how this is going to impact their constituents, right. how this could potentially impact their family members, right? You have to know your colleagues. You have to know what makes them tick. You have to know what's important to them. And through those connections that you've built, you can then, you know, convince someone to come over to your side. You can compel them to come over to your side. It's hard work. It's hard work. Uh, but we got it done. Congratulations. And thank you. Thank you. There's times that you can get it done. And on other bills, other occasions, it's a little harder, and you just got to say, okay, we didn't get it done this session, 
But right. next session, we're going to work and we're going to talk to our colleagues. We, we, and we lost the battle, we, yes, but, the, right. but the war goes on. The okay. war goes on. That's right. All right. Nora Peterson, good morning to you. Hello, everybody. Good to see you guys. It is primary day. We have a very special guest. As you can see, we have Senator Karina Villa in the house with us. Um, Karim Martinez, good morning. My friend Ali Hernandez, good morning. And Maria, good morning to you as well. Uh, okay. So next question. You're the vice chair of the Behavioral and Mental Health Committee. Uh, our show applauds these efforts addressing mental health. We've had a lot of people um, come on and talk about like uh, their work and their different advocacy. So thank you very much for that. Um, what are the priorities and activities of the committee? Awesome. Well, first and foremost, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm actually a school social worker. That's what I did before running for office. I was a school social worker for 15 years. So if you hear me out in the community, if you ever hear someone say, hey, Ms. Via, you know that that was one of my students. That's got to feel real good. It's the best I title. It, I bet it's it the does. best <laughs> title I've ever had. It's better than Senator? Yes. Okay. All right. Those are I my, like those that. Are my I kids. Like that. Those are my kids. Like They're that. amazing. They're amazing. My passion is with mental health and because of my students is why I ran because uh, back in the day, I don't know if you remember when Rauner was in office, there was a, a budget impasse where he wasn't passing the budget. As a result of not passing a budget, you start cutting services. Why? Because there's no money for the services, social services. So I felt the direct impact on my students. I felt the direct impact on the families. When I was calling to say, you know, Joey needs a, a therapist, and I would call the different organizations who usually would be like, sure, send them right over. It was like, there's a three-month waiting list, and oh. then there's a six-month waiting list, then there's a one-year waiting list, and finally I would call and people would say, we, we're not open for waiting lists because it's, it's, the list is too long. Right. So... That was, that, that was awful. People were dying. People were dying in those times. People were committing suicide. People were overdosing. It was a horrible time. So I said, I kept complaining, and I said to myself, I got to stop complaining and try to do something about it. So that's why I ran for office. So mental health, uh, the mental health committee is very important to me. So any kind of legislation that any legislator wants to pass in relation to mental health, whether it's kids' mental health or adults, um, it comes through the mental health committee and we get to determine whether it's a good bill or not and make the recommendation whether this bill should go on then to be voted on with the senators, right, right. on the floor. So one really awesome thing that's um, going to be happening right this Thursday uh, is that we're actually going to be having a sub what's called a subject matter hearing. Okay. Okay. Um, we have in the state of Illinois um, over 250 children in Illinois who are waiting psychiatric care facility. Okay, there's a wait list that's that long for, for kids who need psychiatric care, care. Yes, that's awful. If you need to be in a psychiatric care facility, that means that your level of crisis is here, right? right? There's, there's differences when it comes to mental health. You can, one, it could be, you know, you just need some help from, uh, from a friend or maybe from some adults. You, you, you need to surround yourself and, and get some, a little bit of 
assistance right. to you should probably start seeing someone, a therapist, maybe once a week to mm, you need something a little more intense, maybe some medication plus therapy to you could potentially need like a program where you go to every single day and you go home at night. And then there's like the acute, you need to be hospitalized because you are in danger. Right. Yourself or others, right? It's a crisis. A crisis response means you need to go to the hospital. You need to be hospitalized immediately. Right. You have 250 people in the state of Illinois who are awaiting uh, placement. Wow. For those acute facilities the the those who we don't talk about much are the youth who are detained right so if you have uh if, if you're in for example uh, a youth detention center for having uh, having been accused of committing a crime and you're waiting to go to speak to a judge and if you're going through some suicidal ideation that facility isn't trained to give you that kind of intervention, A, and B, you're still a child, right? right? You have rights. You're a child with rights. And there's nowhere for these kids to go. So what we're doing on Thursday is we're going to have a subject matter hearing. And this is as a direct result of... Um, I, I have advisory committees within the 25th district. Okay. One of the advisory committees is a mental health advisory committee. The people on that mental health advisory committee come to me and tell me about the different types of problems that are happening within the community. They're professionals, but also just regular people who are interested in the subject. Right. So they have been talking to me for a few years about this issue. So as a result of this, we're having a subject matter hearing, and everyone who is, all of the senators who are on the mental health committee will be listening to members of my local mental health advisory committee about this topic in particular. How many senators are on it? On the Oh my gosh, that's a great question, and I am going to have to owe you an answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to owe you okay. the answer, Curtis. <laughs> You told me all about subject matter hearings. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so the, the people who make up the committee, uh, and that's what it is. So that's local participation open to anyone. That's in the right. District. Yeah, I have a mental health advisory committee, youth advisory committee. Actually, sorry, I take that back. Um, education. It's called Education Advisory Committee. Environment and Senior Advisory Committees. Okay. They all meet once a month. I co-run I co them with Representative Maura Hershauer. Um, anyone is invited. If, if you're interested in the subject area, you can just go to my website. It, it, we have on the website the dates that we meet, and you come in, and as a result, the se my senior advisory committee, um, they brought to me a bill idea and we worked that bill so hard, and we finally passed it, and J.D. Pritzker just signed it into law, and that was a direct result of the seniors on my senior advisory committee. Hey. And now with this, the mental health advisory committee, we're having a subject matter hearing. This is all as a result of people within the district coming to these meetings locally and saying, Karina, here's an issue, we wanna find a solution, and that's the power of becoming involved 
when your state senator says, hey, come out, give me some feedback, you can have direct impact. You can have direct impact when your state senator asks for feedback. Okay. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here. That. You can have an impact when your That's state right. senator asks for feedback. Oh, it's got a That's nice right. ring to it. Mr. Barrero, good morning. I would like to serve on the education committee. Well, thank you, Dan. Dan I got you your number, Dan. <laughs> Leo Zarco, good morning to you. Norma Peterson, hello. Uh, and Tracy Duran, good morning to you as well. So as I mentioned, got some of those local headlines and topics to give yeah. to the people. So ladies and gentlemen, I've got your local news for you. The time is now 8.20 a.m. Uh, it's Tuesday, it's primary day, very important day. Please go vote if you have not. To my friends at Treadwell, who I just saw this morning saying that they would go vote as soon as the center opened up. The coffee's good, and we appreciate you guys for doing that. Good morning, Karina. I'm so glad to finally vote for you. You and Barbara the best. Matthew Orr, thank you, dear friend of the show. All right, so here, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk real quick. National Night Out is coming. This will be August 2nd of this year from 6 to 8.30 p.m., encompassing all of, well, the entire nation but all of Kane County especially. Shouts out to the Kane County Sheriff, Ron Hain, and the Kane County Sheriff's Department for all the great work that they do. Are you familiar with Kane County 211? Well, if you aren't, get connected, get answers. Operators are standing by to answer your questions 24-7-365. One free call to 211 connects you with all human services in Kane County. Save 211 in your contact list for future reference. 211 is free and confidential information referral hotline help is available in more than 150 languages. Amazing. Come on. Yeah. Here, ladies and gentlemen, in Kane County. Just Got pick it. up the phone, 211. If you have any questions, pick up the phone and call 211. This is a huge resource for Kane County folks. When I have constituents call my office, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we get really complicated cases. If they live in Kane County, guess what the number one thing I say to them? Have you called 211 yet? Right. It's an amazing resource. Use it. Use it. All right. And uh, last piece of news real quick, you guys. The American Legion, Roosevelt, Aurora Post 84. Don't forget, Sunday, July 3rd is going to be their um, car show on Historic Auto Row, which is the South Street here in Aurora. Lineup begins at 9 o'clock a.m. The uh, entire event will go from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. There will be a 50-50 raffle as well. And registration, uh, again, starts at 9. Awards. Awards will be at 2.30 p.m. I'll tell you about the awards. That's when you see these guys light up, right? Grandpa Russell with his 1946 Ford Fairline, you know? Oh, Grandpa Russell. Great. Shout out to Grandpa Russell if there is one. Uh, more information, you can call 630-474-5084. The number again is 630-474-5084. The time is 8.22 a.m. Uh, Going to go vote today. Thank you, Allie. Anita Lewis, great show. Going into vote. Thank you very much. And Allie, car show is going to be fun. Great. Um, okay, so, you know, our parade, before we get back to the, the stuff here, our parade is going to be a, uh, it's not be a parade, it's going to be a, a procession this year. I heard. Doing a procession. I heard, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was pretty bummed because we were registered to participate. Right. Yeah, yeah, I love the Aurora Fourth of July parade. You guys come deep. You come really you 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 guys you guys take up like both sides of the street when you <laughs> march. You guys are uh, I, uh We got our DJ. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yep. I've been at um 
a good number of parades and seeing the the Via team yeah, out there. So it's fun. It is good. I, time. I love I love Aurora. I love Aurora. So yeah, I heard about the pr procession. Is it gonna be the same route? No. no. Um. So the route has recently been published online, but okay. the route is like um. It starts at a fire station. Starts at some government facility and ends at a fire station. Okay. Um. But they're gonna make a pass through downtown kind of thing. Okay. But yeah, it'll you know, hey, be a procession. All right. I was thinking though, I did, cause I'm kind of a poetic dude. I was thinking, you know, given the, given the disappointment recently via the Supreme Court, perhaps, perhaps things are not flowery, traditional. Right? Maybe we do deserve just a procession. Maybe. Anyway, the time is 8.24 a.m. So let's get back to more important and uplifting things like the law and the bills and things. <laughs> How a bill becomes a bill, Curtis. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, we talked about your, your current cynic or uh, what you're running for and what's currently. Uh, let's talk about the IAFCC, the Illinois Association of Free and Charitable Clinics. Yes. What's that? Yes. So, you know, healthcare, in my opinion, is a human right. Okay. Yep. So there are these in Illinois, these free and charitable clinics that have been doing really good work for people who are uninsured. And they've been doing this work for many, many years without receiving any kind of state funding. Wow. So when I got elected to office, I started learning more and more about this. shocking. Just to uh -huh. think about this. Yeah, yeah. So I started learning more and more about these free and charitable clinics and hearing about their impact in our communities. Right. Okay? And so... I was approached and, uh, you know, there was two things that I was asked. First, I was asked to um, bring a resolution, which, which we did. We passed um, Senate Resolution 960 that declares August of 22 as Free and Charitable Clinic, clinic Month yeah. to help highlight the amazing work that these clinics do. I was also approached and asked to help carry uh, a bill to bring money, state money, to these free and charitable clinics. They were hoping that they would get ARPA, ARPA dollars, like a one-time ARPA dollar kind of... Uh, American Rescue Plan Act that's dollars? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were hope they were like, well, you know, it would be nice if we got some, some of those dollars. Right. So I uh, had the opportunity to sit with Governor Pritzker and talk to him a little bit about these these clinics and I told him about the request which is a request for ARPA dollars and he said you know senator why don't we do one up instead of just doing a one a one-time ARPA dollar why don't we make the free and charitable clinics its own line item in our budget where we can make sure that year after year these free and charitable clinics who are doing such amazing work will receive state dollars wow magnificent isn't that awesome yeah, so we started off with $9 million. That's what they got this year. They were like floored. That is awesome. They were floored. But it's like there's these phenomenal doctors in the state of Illinois that volunteer their time at these free and charitable clinics. 
Yeah. I, I didn't even know that free and charitable clinics existed mm -hmm. until I saw your um uh, the, the clinic and your mm -hmm. um mark it was a, you know the ad mm -hmm. uh basically. I think that that's an untapped gem and a resource. Like mm -hmm. I feel happy to hear you say and let us know about these clinics, mm -hmm. but I also feel just like hoodwinked and bamboozled that a they're out there doing this kind of work and they've been doing it for this long without any funding or yeah. state funding. They do they it, it's just uh uh private money that they have to go out and ask people for. Right. And now we have this line item. Can, and and I want I think I I'm just going to put this out there Chris just because I think a lot of times when people think free and charitable they kind of have a certain image as to what community needs this. Right. You know, I just went to go visit one of these free and charitable clinics in my district in r almost smack downtown in beautiful St. Charles, Illinois. Which is the opposite of what you mentally think about when you hear and free that's why and I'm charitable saying clinic. It. Right. That's why right. I'm saying it. Because when you need health care, you need health care. And there are people living in poverty in many different Spaces right. and towns That's and communities. Right. So right. it's important for people to understand when we do this work, this is life saving work for people, not just in the community that first comes to your mind, but in communities everywhere. I think the pandemic showed a lot of that That's too. That's right. The pandemic brought, um, there was a little bit of, not necessarily a cover, but there was a collective mm -hmm. way of thought here in the country that. Just, just kind of stigmatized, even lightly. But the pandemic and people not being able to go out or access food, like people who had never been in a food line before, had to start using food pantries. Extremely humbling. And I think that the pandemic really, really showed that how many people are, or rather it showed how many people are already on the line or were on the line and what happens when they fall through the cracks that's right um wow that's that's really that's really huge how can people find out about this place what's their information that is a really great question um, is that another answer i can get on the next episode darn it. i wish i had i wish i had it because um i think they, they do okay. have a website but yeah, i but sure. i'm gonna i'm gonna get you the information so you can get it to the audience sure um because that really is a great question yeah because but we'll, you know we'll who i think in. might be able to give that answer quickly is 211 that's what we call the uh that's what we call the old setup that was a good <laughs> one that was a good one <laughs> That was a good one. Um, okay, so here's the next question. Um, and I have to say, when when the terminology here, SB 3774, mm -hmm. um, what's this bill? What is this bill, for those who are not familiar with it? And SB is Senate bill. That's right. There's SB and HB, Senate bill and House bill. Yep, that's okay. right. That's right. So this is the uh, Senator, Aquino, um, Senator Aquino's bill which increases, it, it incrementally will increase the amount of earned income tax credit um, that is equal to 18% of the federal earned income tax credit to 
Okay. So in 2023, it'll be 22%, 2024. Um, wait, let me get that right. Hold on a second. Um, 20% for 2023, okay. 22% for 2024, and 25% for 2025, and each year after it keeps going. The big deal for this um, is that the bill is going to allow taxpayers between 18 and 24 of years of age and 65 or older, as well as um, taxpayers who use an ITIN number okay. to claim the earned income credit if they would otherwise qualify. Basically what that means is we're expanding the amount of people who can qualify for this here in Illinois. Right. Our working families really need it. Right. Um, it. The cost of living is going up. Absolutely. And our seniors need this, as well as our folks who are undocumented. Uh, they pay into our tax system. They pay into our communities. They right. They, you know, deserve to be able to do this. So it's a huge win for uh, the immig immigrant community here in the state of Illinois to be able to access this money. Um, were they, um, those with using the I-10 number. Um, now, what other benefits do folks have using the I-10 number that they may not know about? Um, and if they're myriad, we can. If there's a if there's a place that yeah, we can go to a good there a is, good location, a website there, that's fine. There is a lot of uh, different things. One of the, one one other thing that we just passed a bill that I passed with regards to the ITIN number is healthcare professionals that you can go to school for these health related fields um, and then end up getting a license with an ITIN number. So I had heard uh, that that there was a problem uh, with these students who were wanting to go into the health field because you needed you know you needed to pre-register before taking classes you needed to pre-register um, with your social security number well there's folks who don't have social security numbers right. who want to go into the healthcare field they want to go into school and this was a roadblock for them so it was a bill that I carried and just it just passed uh, and was signed into law uh, by Governor Pritzker. So now that opens the doors for uh, a whole bunch of folks who in the past would not have been able to go into these fields. Congratulations. Yeah. Big win for them. It's a big deal. Uh, now, this is going to be probably perhaps the the the, the easy answer, the low-hanging fruit, but I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, what is the, or, or rather, is there holdup or pushback when it comes to making changes for folks using I-10 numbers? Is there, is there a battle when one wishes to expand services for folks using yeah, I-10 numbers? Totally. Is there, okay. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Um, I think that it's just very partisan. I think that folks there are some folks who just have it in their brains that it's like anything that goes to help people who are undocumented is something we shouldn't do um but there is also a big group of people including folks who con have considered themselves republican who do want to see immigration reform right. and who do want to see this happen because they see the need for it Absolutely. in our in our country and in our communities so I, I don't want to stigmatize it being like one thing, you know, 
one party versus the other because it's not always that way. Right. Sometimes when you see the votes, it is that way. Um, but, you know, that's when people need to put pressure on their elected officials. You need to pay attention. How is my elected official voting for some of these things? Right. And if I disagree with them, I need to pick up the phone and I call. I need to call them. Right. You know, um, so one other big thing that happened, and I don't know, Curtis, if you've heard um, that in Illinois, it's the first state in the nation that we passed monumental legislation, like I told you earlier, I think healthcare is a human right. And we pass for people who are um, 42 years old and older, legislation saying that regardless of documentation status, you can qualify for Medicaid uh, if you're within a certain level of uh, income. So it's like very low income levels. Right. Will qualify for Medicaid, first state in the country to provide Medicaid for people regardless of their documentation status. That's awesome. That is definitely that's a that's very a big win. deal. Big it's win. a very big deal. The Illinois Legislative Latino Caucus worked diligently to get that uh, piece of legislation passed. Carolyn Bird Salazar is here. Good morning, Karina, is what she hey, says. Guys. Good morning to you, all of you great people. If you are just tuning in, we have Senator Karina Villa. Here on the show. First time on the show. I'm more nervous than she is. Let me tell you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. All right. Uh, Michael Rayford, good morning to you as well. And Representative Hernandez is here. Hi, Rumi. Hey. Hey, Rumi. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, next, and, and that's actually just to go back on that topic just real quick. Sure. That's why I actually framed it that way because I know that it's not just uh, a... No, no, no. You know, the, the party of no, I, you know, it is uh, people have to respond to their constituency. So everything is going to be uh, not the vote one or a colleague would expect. That's one thing I've learned. And I, I and I feel proud to have learned and seen that that people are people have constituents to respond to. You ever right. wonder why a person voted for something like that? They have constituents to respond. Bond to I think first and foremost, right? Yeah. Is that a is that a fair assessment? It is a fair assessment, and there's also a few times in your life where you will be a legislator where you will say, "I am going to vote my switch. I am going to vote yes, and if this is the vote that I go home on, it's worth it." Word, I I, I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are some bills. There are some bills that are that important. Absolutely. That's reproductive health bill. That was one of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's now, you can't of, do that with every single bill. Of okay? course not. Of course not. <laughs> right. definitely going you, home. You have to make consensus. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, exactly. But, but something I always say as a legislator, too, if I can go home and explain this bill, if I can go to the doors, knock on doors and talk to my constituents and tell them this is why I voted for this bill. If I can explain it at the doors, then I'm good. But you got you have to put in that extra effort. You got you have to go and be accessible to your constituents, right? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing just stickers of like different politicians. You know, growing up in my life on my aunt's door, or kitchen fridge, or whatever. Just seeing these stickers. Some of them faded. The county people running for stuff, and and like, and they loved them so much. 
The sticker was faded. It was old. It was ripped. But because that person voted to increase the pay for CTA bus drivers in 1980, my auntie will never take that sticker down. That's what I, that's, I respect that. I respect that. I love it. The time is 8.39 a.m. William Miller III is here. Good morning to you, William Miller. Good to see you, my brother. Buenos dias. Peter Aguilera, good to see you. And Bianca Camargo is here. Hey, Judge. Judge, what's up? What is up? Okay, um, so let's keep going here. Now, you um, you did segue, uh, wonderful, the Latino Caucus. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the Latino Caucus. Who are the members? And uh, what do you guys do besides uh, saving the world one piece of legislation at a time, right? So the Illinois <laughs> Legislative Latino Caucus is... <laughs> Amazing. Uh, we have, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Representative Fernandez, if you're still on, uh, 16 members. Okay. And that's in the House and in the Senate. So in order to be a member of the Illinois Legislative Latino Caucus, you have to identify as being Latino. Um, and what we do is we, we actually have a, a document called Raices, that means roots. Uh, and in this document, it has it outlines what our top priorities are in general. Okay. Language access and availability, for example, healthcare, workers' rights, uh, education parity. Uh, there's all these different subjects that we have outlined in this document. Okay. And every session, all of the members of the Latino Caucus will present to each other their bill ideas that fall under one of the any of these subject areas and will impact the Latino community in Illinois. And then as a whole, we decide which of these bills are we going to champion as a Latino caucus. And then we will we outline it per section. We will outline every session what are the bills that we are going to champion and we deliver the bill. It's 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 like it gives me chills. We deliver uh, a packet to the governor, to the Senate president, and to the Speaker of the House. And we say, this is what the Illinois Legislative Latino Caucus priorities are for this session. And then you go into session and you fight. You fight. And you pass a lot of bills, and a few of them might not pass, and you just bring those bills that didn't pass, you bring them back to the forefront for the next session. And it's it's amazing. It is amazing work. Um, and is that when you see the, the board up there with the, at the, with the, your name and the, the bill the that vote, you, yep. the vote board? Is the that, vote board, yep. That's where the vote board is. Uh, but so the Raices document pertains, so I might be, I might carry, last session I think I carried 25 bills. Um, and out of those 25, maybe seven of them are part of the Latino caucus priorities. Okay. The rest of them aren't. Okay. Um, and that's the same for all of the legislators who belong to the Latino caucus. Okay. We take from our agenda, we take the Latino related bills and we say to the rest of our, our colleagues in the Latino caucus, do you want to, do we all think that this is a good bill to champion as a Latino caucus? Gotcha. Yes or no. Then the bill goes on to our document, which is called Raices. Okay. That document, we present it to the, to the heads, the governor, the president, the speaker, 
and then we go in and we and, and we into session right. and we work through our bills and everyone knows these are the Latino caucus priority bills. Okay, so that's the that's that's what it's like then. Um, that's the fighting when you when you're in session. Session is yeah. These are my words, not yours. Is that where you're duking it out in session? Is is session where the jousting is happening? Session is where you have it's it's where the bills either go you you work your bill into the last possible second to get it across the finish line. How do you get a bill across the finish line? If it's a house bill, if I'm a house member, mm -hmm. I will take my house bill, present it in committee. From committee, it goes to the floor. If it passes committee, it goes to the floor. Okay. If it passes the floor, it heads to the Senate. Okay. You ask your Senate sponsor to pick up the bill. They take it to committee. Then if it passes committee, it goes to the floor. Then it it goes to the governor for signing. Okay. What can happen? A lot can happen. Anything could your happen. Bill, yeah. From the oh. very beginning, your bill can die because administration says this is not a good bill. Uh, We're not going to call it. This isn't the right time for the bill. We're not going to even put it into a committee. That's so sometimes be frustrating. it's so hard, especially because it's like you're like it's your baby. This bill, right. you know, you want it to like. You want it to make, or someone can hijack your bill. People yeah, hijack is, bills. They what? Yes, they you hijack your bill. Hijack your bill. What? Yes, there's ways. Swagger there's jacket. ways. <laughs> when I go to talk to my students, right? I go into to, to talk to classrooms, and uh, and I'll be like, yeah, and just when you think your bill's gonna make it. It dies. Or you could hijack someone else's bill. The kids are like, oh, tell us how else you can kill a bill. The how can you drama. kill a bill? Like, they get so excited. <laughs> I like it's that. fun to talk about, except for when it's happening to your bill, but it's not fun to talk right. about. But then that's where unity comes in, and that's where your relationship building comes in, and that's where your, you know, whether uh, it's a bill, for example, the, the Reproductive Health Act was a, a group of freshman women who mm -hmm. banded together and said, we're doing this. And then uh, you know, some of these Latino bills, it's the entire Latino caucus. So now it's not just you with your little bill walking around. It's like you have a whole caucus behind right. you saying this is an important bill. And of course, we have the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times the, the Latino caucus and the Black caucus come together to, to get bills passed. Um, we've got a lot of power in numbers with between the Latino caucus and the Black caucus, um, and it's really important for us to work to work together to make sure to bring our voices to the forefront. So that's awesome. The time yeah. is eight forty six a.m. Good morning, everybody. If you're just tuning in, uh, get ready to rock the vote. It's primary election day. That's right. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, this is a good conversation. <laughs> Thanks, Curtis. I'm having a blast. This is very informative. This is very informative. And and I, like I said, these are questions from a novice perspective. So I'm sorry if that, but I'm just learning but it. It's and, important and, yeah. because that's. That that takes the the scariness away from when you come talk to a legislator. Right. Now you kind of understand what the process is, right? Right. Informing yourself is it's really critical, yeah. and to be able to ask questions, like I love it. It's yeah. great. I've seen um and, and dug around in Ilja yep. and all that, and that's a very formidable thing in its own. Mm -hmm. But when you learn and you know what to look for, um, I saw witness slips. 
I learned about that. That's, that's very powerful absolutely. and impactful. But it also goes to show you that that's a way that people can actually, you can get your voice mm-hmm. heard. Your voice yes. can be heard. And the voices that are doing some speaking up may not be your voice. So you yep. need to add your voice. That's right. I-L-G-A dot G-O-V. Just go and play around in there. Um, look me up. You can go and look up each state rep, each senator. You can look up what committees we serve on. You can find out what bills I've sponsored, what bills I've co-sponsored. And that gives you a flavor as to who your representative is, what their priorities are. Uh, It's really important. Absolutely. All right. Books. uh, The time is 847. We got some knowledge is power. That's right, Josue. We got some stuff to go through. Okay. Books for scoops. What's that about? What's, what's that about? Before the show started, I was telling Curtis that I loved being a school social worker. It was one of my favorite things I've ever done in my life. I did it for 15 years. And so whenever I can find ways to interact with students again, it's my favorite thing, right? Okay. Whether I'm going into the classroom and presenting to kids. So any teachers out there who want me to come talk to their kids once school starts, Give us a call. I would love to do it. Um, But Books for Scoops is my way of, over the summer, staying in touch with with the students. So I have two events this summer. One is in Batavia at Batavia Creamery on 4 North Island Avenue in Batavia on August 9th from 1 until 3. So I just need you to bring a list of the books that you've read this summer and I'll ask you about a few of the books, and then I'll give you a, a, a I think it's going to be a Sunday, a, a little gift certificate for you to get a Sunday at the Batavia Creamery. Okay. Uh, and the other one is going to be at Jorge's Paleteria in West Chicago, 110 South Nelt North, um, on August 16th, from 1 until 3. Same thing. Bring me a list of the books that you've read, and you will get, I think for that one, it's a scoop of ice cream. So it should be a good time. Two really amazing small businesses and reading. That's what it's all about. Put down your devices, kids. Read a book or two or three or four or five. That's like, right. Yeah. Read some books. Yep, exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, parents, put down your devices and read a book too. You know, I mean, uh, you're never too old to uh, to read a book. I, right. I've always loved the printed word. Um do you have a favorite book? Ooh. So when I was a in my teens, I got into Sandra Cisneros, and I'm going to tell you why I got into her. Uh, it's very rare to find um, women of color authors. So when I first got introduced to Sandra Cisneros, I was just like, whoa, like, this is a Latina. She's raised in Chicago, and she's writing about things that make sense to me. So I think um, just looking back, that nostalgia of having discovered Sandra Cisneros was really important to me. So, so her, her books are, are uh, top on my list. Maria Hinojosa is a reporter um, who has written a book, and um, her... I, I read her book. I go back to it over and over again because she's another phenomenal um, writer who I just admire greatly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where were you born and raised? 
Born and raised in West Chicago. Still yes. live right there in West Chicago. There's a right. cemetery down the street for me. I think that maybe uh, I'll be buried in West Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I lived there my whole life. Went to school there. Went to the elementary school through high school. I won't okay. tell you what year I graduated, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. West Chicago. West Chicago. All right. <laughs> West Chicago, born and raised. Um, a lot of good stuff in West Chicago. West Chicago is growing, expanding. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, lots of new things. What's some of the changes you've seen in your in your? There's a lot of uh, actually. There's a lot of factories uh, going up over in West Chicago. There's a lot of uh, industry. Uh, We actually have a long history of that because the town used to be called Turner Junction. Turner Junction. Turner Junction. So it was a railroad town, um, and. The railway, you know, it was a great way of transporting the goods. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's it, it's still a kind of a hub for for factories, manufacturers that come in, and great work and produce some great things. Uh, but of course, number one shout out is to the workers who work there. Right. That's yeah. right. Um, now, one question that we were going to talk about was mm. social media, mm. uh, and just 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 your opinion in the the national dialogue that we have every day is social media helping or is it detracting is it taking away from our our shared experience what's your opinion i think that social media can have some benefits i think that the everyday person is getting burnt out from social media i believe that there's a very diff. People are having a difficult time dec- deciphering between what's real, what's not real. Um, I passed a bill recently for media literacy, making sure that kids in school are understanding what is fact and what is opinion on social media. This is so critical. Um, I see the divisiveness. It's so easy, Curtis, to just type some. some real mean things that you might regret later it's like you just you're hiding behind your screen you type something up you post it um and and people start growing this divide where before you used to be able to just go and talk to your neighbor now people feel divided and like like you can't approach your neighbor i spend countless of hours knocking on doors Right. right it's what i do it's how i connect to people you would be surprised how many people are willing and open to just have a dialogue. Right. Your neighbor isn't scary. People people are genuinely willing to have conversations. Sure, you'll have a bad, you know, door once in a while where you knock and people are just like completely outlandish and, and rude and right. sometimes mean. Uh, but you know, maybe they're just having a bad day. Right. Um, but but when you're hiding behind a screen, uh, the divide just really grows. I think the personal connection, uh, we're really missing out on that, and I do believe that that's all impacting our mental health as well. Okay. No, I I uh, I of course I totally agree too. Uh, I think that the the use or the uh, the benefits of social media are are really great. I mean, you can read National Geographic and go to their Instagram, but also it's just so the, the the whole social media sphere is just chock full of just the absolute worst stuff. 
uh, which is not helping. It's sending the wrong kind of messages too. Um, and also it's not highlighting what people should be highlighting. I mean, people need to know about um, free and charitable clinics need to you know donate blood and stuff like that. And it, it frustrates me because mm -hmm. like when you try to, you try to send out one good message mm -hmm. and before, you, before 10 a.m., right? Some nonsense that's not helping anybody or it's detracting from, it's, it's hateful, it's divisive. That's what's made the rounds and that's what's gone viral. It's very unfortunate. Uh, anyway, the time is 8.55 a.m. What an episode. This was great. This was this great. This is amazing. This, this is, is so glad, much fun. <laughs> this is so to, much fun. Glad yes. to meet you and, and talk to you. Yes. Um, so the show ends on a positive note. What's your message today for uh, the people of Aurora? People of Aurora, make your voice count. Your voice is your vote. Go to the polls. Get it done. It's quick. It's easy. It's accessible. Uh, and our future really depends on it. So go vote. Right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we hope that you guys have a uh, great rest of the day. We appreciate Senator Via for coming on the show this morning. Uh, it's Tuesday. You're right around the corner from us at the studio. If you go and vote, please do so. Do your duty. Democracy is not a spectator sport. Take care of yourself and each other.